1: Welcome to the Wrestling Den, I am your host as always, my showman, Ricky Savage, yeah. Please go follow us live on Rhode Island Broadcasting, YouTube, and Sports Unfolded. We are live every Thursday at 7pm, not quite, we're at 7.05, but hey, we're very, very close to bell time, just a little shy, technical difficulties. Either way, follow Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter, at Sports Unfolded. By the way, you can also follow the Wrestling Den on Facebook and Twitter as well at the wrestling Den on Facebook and at wrestling Den TM. That's right. We finally have a Twitter now and we have a Facebook page. So please go follow us. You can also follow us on anchor, Spotify and Google podcasts. If you miss all the action, trust me, you don't want to because it doesn't get better than this in person, but you can listen to our voices. If you want follow us on there. So anyways, we are your premier source of all things, wrestling past, present and future. I am your host as always my Joe man, Ricky Savage. Yeah, and this is my co-host, Nick, the soon to be
0: wrestling den world heavyweight champion. There soon to know, be. That's what you are.
1: Mm-hmm. But where is the world title? Where mm-hmm. is the world heavyweight title right now? Is it with Kenny in South I don't I, I certainly hope not. I mean, there's the old behind me. But don't you worry, I always come from pit. I got Miss Liz right here, brother. She's got her own seat. Yeah. She's always with me. Every time I go to work, guess what? Miss Liz. Ah. Anyways, yeah, well, we have a special Don't episode. worry,
0: you're going to have to get some bubble wrap, some packing tape, a box because not only am I going to beat you with my superior opinions, you're going to have to ship it to me and and the humiliating aspect of it is you shipping it to me, going off to the USPS and sending it this way.
1: I will say I have all that stuff already because I got some stuff in today for my key <laughs> You know you like, no
0: it, because, no it's truly because you anticipated that I'm going to beat you beat you like a step-headed
1: red child. Now see I do <laughs> I do have all that stuff for you but the, the thing is the problem is you're not getting the spell. Mm-hmm. You're not It's just not happening dude. I'm all, I'm all, dude, I've been undefeated undefeated that's because you got you got like a,
0: a NWO ref. You got like a Nick Patrick in your back pocket, and he's been over here like I don't know, rigging the whole thing for you.
1: I won't lie to you. I do have a special guest referee, but you that stay tuned for next week. Anyways, we have a fuck. We have a very special, special episode for you. As you can see, she's been branded. There's no way. No way. No chance. I'm losing this to you, dude. There's no chance.
0: We'll see. We got another 60-minute Iron Man match here, Rick. We'll count the falls. And we'll
1: see we Let's see it. So, <sighs> so despite so having a special guest referee in my back pocket for next week, this week we are going old school. We're going back in time to SummerSlam 91. That's right. We're going we're gonna to be covering SummerSlam 91 and – we're also going to be interviewing a wrestler who embodies old school wrestling in the present. He's one of the most youngest up and comers that I've seen in a long time that has the potential and the charisma to carry us all on his backs. He's only 20 years old, ladies and gentlemen, and he's been wrestling for limitless wrestling and he's been all over this man, the myth and the future legend is known as Robert Martyr. And if you don't know, and you haven't heard of the map the South city stretcher or the poison youth, you will know who he is after tonight's podcast. So without Definitely. further ado, I think we should uh we should probably probably do the interview first. Whoa, is that me? That's me on the wrestling
2: den podcast. Welcome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I, I appreciate you. Appreciate you taking some time out. Uh as everybody should know, this man is is a very busy man because he's an actual wrestler. And uh he, he's gonna actually catch a flight tomorrow. Yeah. So we, we appreciate yeah, you time he doesn't tonight. just
0: he, just, he doesn't just get on here and talk about it like we do. He actually does it. <laughs> yeah, he's he walks Martin. the walk.
1: Oh, hey, we used to walk the walk, too. Right, right. We right. did. You know what the funny thing is right now about these three people right here? All three of us have been, one way or another, a part of uh, a different universe called WWE 2K19 for me and, and Robert Martyr. Oh, yeah. Uh, Creator wrestler. And me and Nick actually go back to 2006. Jesus. Yes. All right. So the three people here have all started with like online wrestling and, and doing storylines and stuff to actually being two two knuckleheads that do a podcast and and a knucklehead that wrestles and wants to be on it.
2: Yeah, it's weird. It's crazy how things like that line up, because, you know, usually when you're just playing games for fun, you don't think, oh, I might actually do this for a living. <laughs> you know? You're just now, like, it- I want to see Tajiri beat Taz's ass on my creative fucking universe right.
0: <laughs> Whoops, there's a square jar oh but square jar baby yeah the other thing too rick is like on the opposite side of that there's hey pete and paulo's um, defense we, 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 gets we, we're we're playing wrestling video games and now i own a video game store and he was playing wrestling games and now he's a wrestler and then you're doing a wrestling podcast like so it's it all there's a whole
1: whole thing here which by the way uh I've known Martyr for some time now. And uh, you know what's what's great about this interview is that I feel I feel comfortable because it's not just talking to, to some guy and, and asking him questions. I actually have some previous history with you and it's it's cool to me to see how far you've come up in, in such a little time. Uh, I actually want to say for the first question of this interview is when did you get started? Uh
2: I the year was 2015 and I was 14 years old. So yes, uh, I got started at 14 and I have been doing this crazy thing ever since. Um, before that though, I was a boxer and, uh, yeah, that was a boxing was a a thing that I did and it was very um very interesting because most of my family does it. So I was kinda like trying to play my
1: GameCube when they were like, No, you have to fight people. So I was like, Okay. <laughs> have you have you ever like worked your like like your movement, your boxing movement, like into your actual matches? Like have you ever carry that over? Oh, yeah, I, watched I mean, that. I've... Go ahead.
2: I... Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, I was just saying, um, yeah, I've 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 added it a little bit, but I don't think I've made it my whole spiel. Uh, honestly, for anyone who has seen me wrestle, they, for boxers, they see my footwork. They're like, "Oh, he probably boxed once time before." So, right, right. yeah, it's it's very. I've gotten that from like other people that have seen me wrestle that I also have boxing experience. They're like, "Have you ever boxed?" I'm like, "Actually, I did." And like that makes sense. Um, is there? But yeah, I watched one of your an matches. I
0: was gonna say, is there an interesting like? Um kind of transition between like full on throwing punches and then working punches, like how your brain has to tell you interpret like, Oh, I cannot put everything I got into this. And your like, your previous training and your current training would maybe, uh,
2: conflict that way. Well, dude, it got so bad that I was just like, let me, I, I started because everybody teaches you to punch the turnbuckle. Right. Mm. I'm like, that's not working. So <laughs> I, I literally just used my wall. Like by well, I'll show you right here. This this is full concrete. Uh, and right, and and then basic, you might want to pull your punch a little bit on the full concrete. Yeah. <laughs> so I just decided, okay, I'm going to punch the wall, and until I and I just kept recording myself, and I said until I can punch the wall without my fist bleeding, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, it one, looked like a real punch. Gosh, then just play some Fortnite
1: yeah. before the hand and then you're all set to go when you're I'm punching all that wall. Set
2: actually no. You might oh, actually boy, break the wall down. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the train level. Uh, from Grant Theft Auto, and then then you'll see me really this the San Andreas. Andreas one San Andreas <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Smoke! I, can, I still I still haven't beaten it CJ, CJ right. all we had to do was Spall fall the damn, damn train CJ <laughs>
1: <Yeah>, That's it <laughs> So These I was going to say I, I I saw so one of your matches I saw where you were like throwing a fl- like a flurry of punches you know yes. So clearly like I actually – I like that. So I, as my character, as you know, like the Radical is like a technical brawler type deal. So yeah. like when I made my character, that's how I kind of did it. Techni- technician, but has like a kind of like a brawler sense. But it talking real life with your matches, um, i seen that just as, as an example. So that that was to me what kind of asked me – like had me ask that question is because I saw you actually kind of like – you did like like a, like a flurry on him and stuff, and I actually liked that style on you. Like as, as your style – I kinda like the idea that like when you're mad as Robert Martyr, the poisoned youth, that you see this aggression and like that's that's the cool thing about your character. My uh, my biggest thing was like,
2: um, I always resort back to wrestling. That's kind of my rule with my style. I will always resort back to wrestling, whether it's any type of stipulation, I will use wrestling to win. But there comes a time where everybody has their breaking point and they're just like screw it. You know i'm done so that's when i there's that little thing that snaps in my head i'm like screw wrestling i'm gonna punch you in the face and uh because wrestling's supposed to be a sport you know it's supposed to be a gentleman's agreement between two competitors that we are not going to punch each other (laughs) so when that's broken and it's broken so often that it's almost not even a rule anymore uh It's supposed to mean something. So for me, I'm just trying to bring that back to like I will always resort to wrestling.
0: Wasn't the concept of like taped fists and stuff that was usually reserved for like street fights and grudge matches and things like that? It wasn't necessarily like back in the day, it wasn't supposed to be like everyone's hitting each other with closed fists and stuff.
2: That was more so for unsanctioned stuff. Yeah, yeah, guys who taped their fists back in the day, people don't remember taped fist matches. Right, fist right, right. Matches. which is just, now a
1: thing now. Yeah, that's a, brawling.
2: that's a yeah. thing now. Um, but for a long time, because you, you know, you look back at the attitude era, punching it was allowed, punching was a very much a thing. So, why have a tape fist match when you can just punch in any regular match, <laughs> right? But, do whatever you, you, you want, you know. Um, yeah. but before, you know, you would see Tolly Blanchard and me Fernandez in a tape fist match, <laughs> they'd have their you yeah. know hands wrapped up and they just slam at each other. And it's like, it's not a wrestling match anymore. It's, it's a Harley races.
0: No. And and like you're saying, you're trying to bring it back to that basic where it's like most, it's going to be wrestling, pure wrestling. And then if you got to take it, that boxing background is going to help you out. If you have to take it.
2: Yeah. And it's like when I, um, I started high school when I started wrestling. So I immediately, I was very naive, and I would hear Jr. on, you know, uh, on commentary be like, he was a, a fantastic amateur. Now let's see what he'll do in the pro ranks. And I'm like, okay, right. so if I do amateur wrestling, I'm just gonna go straight to WWE. That's how that works. Uh, <laughs> right. So right. that's why I got into amateur wrestling, thinking that if I did this, WWE would be like, hey, Kurt Angle, bam, right, sign right, right. Robert Marder. <laughs> Right. To the but fans. for every, this, uh, every
0: amateur wrestler there is in the world, you got to think there's your Shelton Benjamins and your Brock Lesnar's and oh, your Kurt yeah. Angles, right? And, but, Angles. and you're like, you're, yeah, yeah, you're like, oh yeah, that it's it's that easy, right? Except like Kurt's an Olympic gold medalist and Brock was like a and, national was, three-time national champion or something, three-time
2: and, All-American, yeah, um, yeah, actual. <laughs> Actual science creation you, from the lab, and then right, so and, and, you, and you just a genetic busted lunchbox down, mm.
0: busted down the door to the gym, and you're like, Where's my contract? What's up? Where, yeah, where, where,
2: where, yeah, where is my <laughs> uh, where's my uh, yes, a WWE 100% wants a 120 pound 14 year old boy. Uh, <laughs> why not do it? Dude, These anything's guys, possible. I, I've
1: seen contract. Jungle Boy's partner right there, Marco Stunt. Anything is possible, yeah, anything
2: is possible, but also like. People don't give stunt credit, man. That dude can sell. Holy fuck, he's
1: great. Another when you're that small. I mean, when
2: small,
1: <laughs> I mean, when, yeah. when 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 you're that small, you got to bring something to the table. So for him, it's like the Spike Dudley attitude. Like he's just yeah, like I was I'm rat- there to entertain. Spike Dudley, see, I was about to which is like Spike the Muggsy Bogues. Yeah, <laughs> That's funny. yeah. Uh, because oh, I was yeah. like,
0: some guys, some guys have to be able to sell their ass off. They don't have the physique and they don't have the like, size. Yeah, yeah. It's like you have to be something more and so you yeah, got to be able to get uh press slammed into the crowd like spike Dudley. you, know? yeah, like,
1: also, like, like you, you got Marco your, your is, spud webs too by the way Mar- spud, yes. webs.
2: spud webs spud crazy uh also i met I've Met Marco, he's insane. He's an, ins- he's a crazy person. He is not normal <laughs> in any shape he, or form. Uh, you, got, you gotta have that to make it in wrestling, too. He's absolutely willing to take literally anything you ask him to, and it's very scary.
1: <laughs> I worry for him. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the thing as an entertainer, though, like, like Orange Cassie, when he po- pockets his hands, you know, and then he dives to the ropes, like doing things like that that are like. That's that a little kill. risky. Yeah, it could. People, people don't realize it.
2: that could 100% kill you. Your 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 foot gets caught into the rope. You just drop on your neck and you break. it. Or you that just actually the right, rope right. with your neck. Well, it, it, sometimes
0: just I worry about how they handle certain spots, high spots in like AEW in particular, because like what it was it? Matt Hardy got like super duper hurt doing some um, unnecessary stuff that didn't, didn't he concuss need to himself. Be,
2: I'm trying to yeah, remember. He, Whoa, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I just remember Rebby Sky just losing her fucking mind, and the other story yeah. Jar losing her mind yeah, yeah. Uh, on Twitter. Like, oh god! Well, and, and and this what people
0: sh- were pointing out is like Matt Hardy when he was in his twenties, and they were doing you know the TLC matches and stuff. Okay, he, they're these hungry guys trying to get over, but Matt's like established now. He's, Matt he Matt has should nothing be to prove. above. Yeah, yeah, he should be
1: above having to do some death match. He could just chill some... out, do his thing, his little ooh, right. like woke and shit. Delete. And then, yeah, but I don't think he's doing that. Yeah. I think he's. Hey, listen. If if he gets access <laughs> to the swear jar and gets freebies because he's he's being interviewed right now, I'm gonna let you know. I'm in on the game too. All right, anything <laughs> goes. No holds barred. No, I holds apologize barred to anybody listening. If my nephew's listening right now, please tune this out. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, but oh, now's a good time since we do have a, a pause. For anybody just tuning in, by the way, please go follow us on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Go follow us live. We're always live, 7 p.m. every Thursday. Rhode Island Broadcasting, YouTube, and Sports Unfolded. That's where you can follow us, at Sports Unfolded. Also follow us on Facebook, at The Wrestling Den, or Twitter, at Wrestling Den TM. Follow Sports Unfolded, at Sports Unfolded, on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, other than that, our special guest of the night is Robert Martyr, who we are actually asking... Questions right now, and yep. he's got answers for us because, got answers. as Mark's, we all want to know now what it's like to be a, I in have the a, in
0: I have a question for our host Which one of those things should they do first? Because you're like running down how many everything plugged it's into, it's, and I'm
2: like, do it all at the same, same, time. At <laughs> the same <laughs> time.
1: Listen, there's a lot for me to cover. We got our gracious host, you know, we got Ron and we got Eric well, of Sports Unfolded and Rhode Island Broadcasting, so we got to make sure we, we always thank where, you. Guys. Where can we
0: find? Where can we find uh, more on our guest though? Uh, he's plugged into uh, social at media
1: where the stretcher rm.
2: Yes, on Twitter and and anything
1: Instagram. else, please do.
2: At Death to Martyr on death Instagram. to martyr.
1: Yes. There you go. Follow the man. So, so as he you can follow with.
0: his meteoric rise to the top
1: when he gets there. To the moon, baby. Most to importantly, follow right now. This man is on fire. And we're gonna we're gonna get into that. So actually, one of the things I did want to ask you, Robert, is uh Talk about like your boxing style, and then talk about how you know there's that that the sport, and how there's like a, a pretty much a, a verbal agreement between two men that they will not throw punches. But has that happened to you in your time of your career? Have you ever oh, had to actually kind of like hit that hard? With somebody? Oh yes. yeah, where it
2: turns into a when when the work turns into a shoot. Um,
1: actually, <laughs> a, potatoes,
2: a, a cu- right? A cu- yeah. Some some receipts <laughs> I've given plenty. Yeah, um, there you go. Definitely, and have taken plenty. Uh, because sometimes I get excited and sometimes I get a little <laughs> bit too excited. And, you know, big old vet that's uh wrestled way longer than I've been alive is like, Pam, slow down, kid, grabs headlock. Um, <laughs> right, 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 right. but, um, it's got, I, it hasn't happened in so long. Um, Actually the only time recently is when I wrestled Fit Finley's son, Brogan Finley. Brogan not Finley. That's right. Brogan. Brogan I wrestled Brogan Finley um last Saturday no Friday. Um and uh, yeah, last week. And I slapped him. And I caught him <laughs> right in the right over here. And then he was like, Welp, oh, <laughs> oh no. And I, I finally I- my my uh, my jaw popped out of place. And that's not legit popped out of place. So if you – when the match airs, you'll see me actually like – you'll think I'm selling the jaw. No, I'm actually grabbing my jaw and putting it back into place where it belongs because my jaw was hanging out like like that, like a little yeah. stuck. So I popped it back in and continue the match. <laughs> that's, uh. that's a, a CVS-sized receipt
0: from Brogan Finley there.
2: I'm glad because his dad was there watching. So – you know, that's that's mm-hmm. all I cared about was his. Well, that's not all I cared about, but him. His, you know, Fit Finley is like my number one guy. Like
1: yeah, you got him. You got your Harley Race. Is
2: the another one of yours, I believe. Um, um, I got Roderick Strong. Yep, Harley Race. Um, you know, the. Roderick Roger Strong, Fit Finley, you know Brian Danielson; those type of guys are all my biggest influences. Well, my, my um,
0: first uh, my first reaction to
2: it. What, what about certain yeah, Tiger? We saw
0: some of your wrestling, yeah.
2: Um, and then uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, as far as actual like things getting out of hand it was probably back in like 2018, I want to say 2019, and there was this guy. He will be unnamed, um, but. He basically is a very big liar, and he doesn't know how to lie correctly. He was like, hey, he he would always say something along the lines of, I have an NXT tryout next week, and then it would never happen. Or he'll say, "Uh, you
1: know, my dad is getting me to New Japan, because his dad's a wrestler as well. No, no, no. he wasn't lying at all, Robert. He was Uh, playing (laughs) universe mode. Like, he wasn't lying. It got misconstrued. He was playing universe mode. Yeah.
2: (laughs) <laughs> and it was legit like, he was like, oh, I'm going to wrestle Kota, Kota Bushi next week. And I'm like, when, where is this announced? Where are you? What are you talking about? And then he would constantly, this is his favorite one, he'd constantly say, uh, I'm going to TNA. I'm going to TNA. And I'm like, okay, dude, why are you still here? Go to TNA. <laughs> um, right. And basically, uh, we got in the ring and... Honestly, I didn't know he was shooting on me until he told me in the back after the match. I was just like, okay, whatever. And he was very shocked at the fact that I was he that I wasn't reacting the way he wanted me to because he had shot on me. I'm like, hey, good match, man. And he's like, yeah, I shot on you. I'm like, you did? Well, can you try yeah, harder? No, no, and
0: if you if you know if you know sold it if did he really shoot on you like if you if you're like if i didn't notice it's not a shoot like it's who's the not artist? now
2: yeah and i'm just like did you really and he's like yeah that's for that's for um, costing me an NXT tryout and i'm like what are you talking about cuz i had i was i there was something happened with his mental health and i had told a couple people to make sure he's okay apparently that lost him an NXT tryout. So, yeah, that was his reasoning on shooting on me. And then I was like, okay, cool, man, and then walked away. And that was really pretty much the extent. I just remember he kicked me in the spine. Like he did the snapmare kick spot, and he yeah. kicked me in the spine as hard as he could. And that's where I knew something was up. So I got up and, and
1: – Wait. For- you didn't it – it is this the guy that you German suplexed really, really hard? like That gnarly looked one? There's a couple. There's a German soup. Like he, was a in the, he was in really the promo things. spot that I made for you. He was the one guy that, that you German and he's like oversold it. It wasn't that guy, was it?
2: Oh no 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 no. that wasn't him. Um, oh man,
1: that was no, so brutal is, German.
2: This was this was a long. That's what that that one is a. That's a friend of mine. I did that to a friend of mine. Um, so,
0: if, so if he'll he'll German his friends that way, imagine what he'll do to his enemies. Oh yeah,
2: and yeah, I just German the shit. I was like, you're going up. Um says what what are your short-term goals as far as wrestling i will answer that question in one second before i finish this um basically i i i he kicked me in the back and i just got up and i punched him like straight up punched him and then guy grabbed the headlock and we kept we kept wrestling it sounds um, like this guy was he,
1: jealous of you though like honestly like i
2: probably he's has that reputation but uh yeah as far as my short-term goals um I definitely want to wrestle outside the country by this year. By this year, I want to be be wrestling because I'm getting my passport later this month. Oh, wow. Look at that beautiful, sexy, luscious Don't, don't look. <laughs>
0: Rick, don't get distracted by his <laughs> boss, right? wait, 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 wait. So, so when you say – hold on, Rick. Hold on. So when you say out of the country, do you mean like – what do you think first? Like a Japan well, thing, a Mexico I'm, I'm thing? Looking uh... at, I'm
2: looking at Mexico. I'm looking at um, possibly the U.K., uh, mm-hmm. Japan is... is, is I, I look at Japan as the final boss. Because right a lot right of right. people have gone to Japan that I... Not that I know personally, but a lot of people have gone to Japan, and they go there and they go to the dojo, and they're a week in, and they want to leave. Because it's that bad. It's that hard. Mm-hmm. And it it's that brutal on your body, and they're like, oh my god, I wasn't prepared. So, right, right, right. if I go to the places that they send the young boys to after they're Done with their formal
1: training, mm-hmm. then I will be prepared. going to so be a red shoe. My,
2: um, hopefully, <laughs> why not? <laughs> <laughs> that'd
1: be pretty sick to actually see me in a red shoe,
2: dude. Yeah, I would totally be, watch. That'd be sick. Um, but yeah, like I want to go to Mexico. Um, I actually was trained by luchadors, which a lot of people look at me like, "Are you serious?" Yeah, I was. I had, I had none of my trainers. Um had any form of like technical wrestling in them so mm-hmm. i kind of came up with that on my own but yeah I, I i don't know if you guys know that you know usually guys from mexico specifically wrestle on the right side i mean i i know you would know that but uh um they wrestle on the right side so when you're locking up you usually do it with your left mm-hmm. uh, uh, but they're going the opposite so everything they do it's like bizarre world. They work the opposite side, and I'm very comfortable with doing that. But when I walk up to like I don't know a trainee, and I'm like, "Hey, want to lock up on the right side?" and they're like, "Really? Wait, how do you do that?" And I do it, and they're like, "This doesn't feel right at all." It's like you're <laughs> so used to going the other way that like yeah, you know, some people see, exactly. can do both. So so yeah, right. I can I'm
1: ambidextrous as far as a, as wrestling Locking goes. Up goes um, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, I think looks, what scares yeah, them a lot was, is like if they go under and they they forget like if they're usually doing it left. And they go on to try like like maybe like, like, like sweep, and then yeah, it's like, yeah. you go right it throws it's just your whole everything's off.
2: Uh, I show say? people non um non like like a non uh, luchador match. Uh, I show people. I think it was, I think it oh, I can't remember. Sarah Del Rey versus El Generico from a Chikara show. For mm-hmm. some reason, for some reason they are both American wrestlers. Why would they do this? They wrestled the right side the mm-hmm. entire match. And apparently, the story is yeah. behind it okay. is somebody said you can't do that, and they did it. A whole twenty minute. Uh, match well, on it's right like um, <laughs> what's that
0: there's that game where Larry Larry Bird, Larry Larry Bird shot with his left hand for an entire basketball game because he decided he wanted to. It's, it's like that kind of concept. You want to challenge yourself as an athlete, you know, mm-hmm. do something you know, different.
1: Your, your so. left hand is only as good as your right, you know. So, Rick, like, what happens if you get hurt? can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Okay. Uh-oh. You can't. Okay.
2: Uh-huh.
1: You might be delayed.
0: Can you guys hear me? Okay. I must be uh, lagged out. I think that uh, was one of the things I was going to say since i have the floor. Here. Yeah. Um, I was just listening to like Conan talk on a podcast and, um,
1: Podcast. Talk about podcast, by the way, just on that out there. Podcast exception.
0: <laughs> I shall return
1: technical difficulties. All right. I'll, I'll I got you, Robert. Can you are you are you there? Nobody. I can't hear you. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. You can hear me, though. I can read your lips, though. I'm reading lips. That's fine. I got you. All right, now I'm on the correct side of the whole podcast, dude. I just had a whole sign language thing with Robert Morgan, dude. I was able to read his lips and see what he was. That was nuts. All right, I got this. We're good. Now right, you can hear me. You can hear me, all right, as well, Robert. Are you there? Still, all right. I can hear you though. Can you hear me? Uh, no, I
0: was just going to say that uh, I was listening, and I was going to say this to Robert as well. Like uh, I was listening to Conan talk on his podcast about how um, most of the time Lucha Libre wrestlers are known for like the high flying spots and things like that. However, like they have to have a really solid understanding of wrestling technique to be able to pull some of that stuff off safely. Like when you out of the ring and doing all that stuff, there, there's there is a lot of technique involved in that. It's really not just throwing your body out of the ring, you know, that kind of thing.
1: I think we need cue cards for Robert. Yeah, he's I can see him, but I can't. I can't hear him. Wait, press your button on your on your headset again. Maybe maybe accidentally got tapped. because You're a flexing hard, dude. you were getting it. He's was, he was flexing. On. all right. Squeeze ball. I'm getting that squeeze ball. I got I got the, the juice is worth the squeeze. <laughs> the cream <laughs> rises to the top. The cream oh. rises to the top. Yeah. Yeah. I, I
0: can't you. Can you hear us? Can you hear he can, us? He can uh, hear us. Okay, so, so all, all I was just saying to Rick was that uh, there's a lot of technique involved in Lucha Libre wrestling, even if it just looks like sometimes you're diving over the ropes and through the ropes and stuff like that. Because Conan was talking about that on his podcast, where um, they didn't, ex- like when the, a lot of those guys came over to WCW in the mid-90s, they didn't expect about them to, talk to have about a, a really solid
1: foundation for well, let's you know, let's be real here because they didn't just come over there. They WCW and WWE just picked from ECW. That's what ECW was, was a training ground. And they mm-hmm. didn't mean to be, these were their guys, but they kind of understood like, all right, you're going big, especially with their whole thing with WWE that they had worked out where they did that that one raw where like the couple weeks that ECW invaded. So either way, ECW had these guys, like, first it was like, what, Eddie, Mer- Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko, like, were throwing on these five-star classics in ECW. Obviously, WCW and, and WWE took notice, but WCW picked them up, and then all of a sudden you got Chris Jericho going over, Ray Mysterio, mm-hmm. uh, Huvitude, uh Psychosis. That was another two, Psychosis and, and you know hovitude. But basically, the WCW is probably, like, the one thing that they had going right was the Cruiserweight division. And obviously the conversation at hand is at always is that somebody was overshadowing them, and that's downfall of WCW. But can they hear me? We We can can now. now. Yeah. Yeah, welcome back. Yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) Awesome. That's all we needed. Back to the the uh, plan. I was gonna say to to our point there about like a lot of technique being involved in lucha libre. Yeah, like you're saying, like you, you got your own flavor. On what you're doing in the ring, but you were tried, you were taught by some lucha libre guys, uh, you know, some of the basics and stuff like that. So,
1: which can actually uh, make a huge difference in the art and in the arsenal that you have.
0: Like, oh no, it's ceiling fan,
1: ceiling fan guy. <laughs> I will say this while while Robert's got fixing this is that uh, as a South City stretcher, as he likes to call himself. Uh, if you watch how he moves and how he he pretty much he sweeps and and just his wrist lock takeovers to his reversals and and his Mm -hmm. counters. Um, You could see some of that fast, fast paced style guys like Alex Shelley that, you know, that I look up to as one of my favorite wrestlers uh, of all time is Alex Shelley. You know, he's, he's one of the newer guys for me. And that's kind of the thing is he's not even new anymore, but that's what he is to me is like, if you take a modern generation, uh, I would say the 2006, 2007 ring of honor guys, those guys, including, you know, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, all those guys kind of are class- Samoa Joe, uh, Cesaro. Mm-hmm. All those guys are Joe, a class yeah. of their own. Um, they all brought these interesting characters because it was more so. It wasn't about a gimmick anymore. Like Macho Man has a gimmick, Hulk Hogan. They still kind of had like their own like little things, but it's more so the sport wrestling It was kind of what right. was the gimmick, and what we kind of molded to what it is the, today. Uh, awesome. The- I think I'm back. You are back. Welcome back. Yes, I would say,
0: Rick, your point being like, do your talking in the ring, kind of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. not necessarily like those gimmicks, those larger than life gimmicks. You're Savage and you're Hogan and Warrior and stuff like that. That's great, but you still have to be. You can't just rest on your promo alone, kind of thing. You got to be. You got to be, you know, now solid in the ring as well as have a good gimmick.
2: So my thing is, uh, I've always wanted to. I know that the typical thing for a technical wrestler, especially still to this day, was you know, you let your actions, you know, uh, in the ring talk talk for you. But my thing is. I look at the current landscape, and I look like fantastic professional wrestlers, like Drew Gulak, guys like that, that are on WWE. Simon w- Gotch? yeah, Simon Gotch.
1: who have <clears throat> so Who was stretching the hell out of you, by the way? That yeah. was pretty. I don't know if you've seen
2: that picture, but it's it's pretty it... deep.
1: <laughs> Talk about wrestling being fake, dude. Watching watching this guy over here getting stretched into a pretzel, like he literally had his like almost his, his heels touching the back of his head. That's yeah. how Simon got Chatham, and it's just not, like you can see choice, on his yeah. face. This wasn't just a, hey, this doesn't hurt. This was like a, oh, my God, <laughs> I got to hold this. People
2: thought I was smiling. I was actually, like, holding my breath in pain. Cause I Grimacing.
0: Was- <laughs> yeah, a grimace um, yeah. and a smile are not too far uh, off yeah. on the spectrum there.
2: <laughs> um, but, like, I, I see, like, guys like Drew Gulak and, and guys like that um, on WWE television, and, and you realize all of them reach, like, a limit. And then it it just it's down from there, no matter how good they are, no matter how talented or or technically skilled. So my thing is, if if a a wrestler like, let's say, a Dean Malenko had the personality of a Roddy Piper, I think he would be the greatest wrestler of all time. You know, like, why not? Why ignore a obviously very important factor of this business um, Mm. to connect with fans, connect with whoever is watching why ignore that? I don't understand right. the whoa, stigma. Whoa. You can still be incredibly good at your craft and incredibly technically skilled and the best technical wrestler or whatever mm-hmm. um, and and have personality and, and make me want to watch you. And that's my right. goal. I, I don't mm-hmm. want to just be the silent technical wrestler.
0: One of the mistakes that they make too in WWE a lot is if you don't have a lot of personality, they think that a really funny dynamic is to point out that you don't have any personality. Like, And so like with Dean Malenko or Steve Blackman, right? They did this thing where it's like, oh, these guys are boring, right? So that's what's funny about them. And then it's kind of a joke. And I'm like, okay, well, now you're detracting from their – in ring work instead of giving them a gimmick that works or a storyline that works for them don't point out to me that they're boring
2: if i already had that suspicion i don't need you to make it any worse you know i it's a, it's very interesting you mentioned that cuz they did the thing the same thing with daniel bryan when he started he was like oh he's a vegan and he does yoga
0: no but only michael loser. only michael cole was saying those <laughs> things and we all hate michael cole we all hated his opinions so we were like that just got daniel bryan over more cuz michael cole was such a goon you know what <laughs> i mean like yeah nobody cares what michael cole's gotta say so speaking of uh stuff like that though rick uh we were gonna do our SummerSlam breakdown stuff is, i I, uh, I do have some questions robert, robert, though. okay I, I just real quick though i was just gonna say once we transition to that is, is robert ever see so you ever watch SummerSlam 91
2: yeah i have i have seen it i've seen the whole thing um so, just, so i mean you could st- to- you
0: could stick with us if you want and we could run down the match card you can kind of give us a some opinions on that too. Once no we problem. get there, I, I yeah. can
1: do that. Yeah. I know that uh, you said, uh, Mr. Perfect versus Bret Hart. That one sticks out the most to you. So yeah. that, that's going to be interesting too, because that's actually one of the good, what's my opinion of Pat McAfee. He can go, and I'm going to say this right now. He oh can go gosh. fuck himself. All right, well, we all
0: look, look, we only got 20 more minutes. Let's not get on McAfee now. Okay. All, all, right. Let's, yes. <laughs> all right.
1: So Robert, I want to ask you real quick. So is, is it true that you wrestled with Elijah Burke? Yes, he was
2: actually what I consider my first match because I I had wrestled at fifteen. I had my first real match in front of people um, at fifteen, but I was really only doing jobs. And you know, they're yeah, they're matches, but what do you? It's not a match. It's just you sell and you die, and then that's it. But my first real, real match, what was in fact against Elijah Burke, because I had went to a Dean Malenko seminar in Miami, Florida, and I was a selected to uh wrestle and were you able to show to off be, your like your
1: arsenal <laughs> with them? like were you able to do oh, like yeah. the, oh, yeah. well, special?
2: Well, was, no well i was in a mask then i was uh i was oh uh,
1: you your other yeah. character
2: i was i was that was, was i was like what 16 well, what yeah. was his name pegasus dark because i pegasus wanted to be there. i wanted to be the wild pegasus's son Mr. Benoit's son I want, but I I could like like the bastard
0: son or like I don't
2: know I I just knew (laughs) my trainer Ricardo Rodriguez yes the same dude who announced Alberto Del Rio he's my trainer um I I do remember
1: you talking about that I totally forgot about it so it's funny underrated underrated uh, people
2: don't people don't know he was a fantastic fantastic luchador in Mexico like crazy he was he he was trained he's trained with super crazy trained with ricky Barvin. he's wrestled mystico he's wrestled all these guys so he he, he's fucking great swear jar um but basically uh, at least he's uh, aware of it yeah Yeah, basically trying to think um just to get through this quickly uh yeah i had i had i was the punk rock luchador the heavy metal honcho to pegasus dark and that's he gave me arm drags i think i did a hurricane run it to him and then that was it. But yeah, that it was, was the highlight.
1: I bet. Yeah. though. you're like. But still,
2: like, how many I was people am like now my, getting my I, shit
1: in? Mm, I give yeah. a, I give a Hurricane Rana to Elijah Burke. You know? Yeah,
2: yeah, it was great. He, he's awesome. I love Elijah. He,
1: I don't think anybody's really gonna get like. So that's the thing. A, a high profile guy, like when you're when you're first starting out wrestling, you'd be lucky if you could even pull off the arm drag on him. You know? Because like, oh yeah, saying, absolutely.
2: Right? He gave me the world. It was ridiculous, and we wrestled for
1: ten minutes. 10 minutes on my first real match. with That's Elijah like a long Burke. time. Like it's a short time, but a long time in, in terms of being in a ring. Like it, like yeah. you, 10 minutes with, with Elijah Burke is, is sweet, especially if you're not he, just being he, tossed
0: He could have just squashed him, Elijah Express and...
1: This guy's like, I shook his hand and then he whipped me off the ropes and then that was it. I didn't see anything yeah. after that. Was you're like, like, I don't it,
0: remember any of it. I
2: was... It was and it was also uh, in front of like <laughs> the biggest crowd I had wrestled in front of at the time, like 200 people. So it was like, Pretty crazy, Highlight. yeah. Highlights, um, highlights, yeah. But now, yeah, now have,
1: go ahead, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, if you had me any more questions, we'll, we'll run through them a few All please. right, so uh, then, okay, so you wrestled Elijah Burke. who uh, Today, right now, so I, I will announce two things coming up for you, um, but today, as of today, for the people that you've wrestled, who I guess who is the most known wrestler that you have faced? That I have faced? Um, yeah. It,
2: man, that's, that's a hard
1: besides one. Besides Elijah Burke, I guess. I've wrestled
2: um uh, man Danny Birch from uh, yep. NXT. I've wrestled him. Uh, man, there's that's that's a good question. I'm wrestling JD Drake. That's the, the guy. Week. One of the guys I
1: was going to mention. I so JD Drake,
2: JD Drake. Uh, man, you're really giving me a hard time right now. I've no
1: I've wrestled some <laughs> he, dudes that have definitely he, been on TV. Um, so he's one quarter of the the wingman on on AC I, AEW. In, Yes, men. Uh, I have. Uh,
2: I have. I am wrestling um,
1: Jacob, uh, Fatu. Jacob
2: Fatu in August. Oh, 20. that's that's there's
1: it, there's, there's a yeah, that's the one that I'm looking forward to personally. Um, because I that is a huge match for you, I feel like it is, like it would be yeah. for me, dude, and it's
2: the biggest match <laughs> of my career.
1: I'm
0: I was gonna say, that's a, a wrestling family dynasty member, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's face <laughs> like, broken,
1: like, Finley, dude. Like, this guy is facing like people that are in wrestling dynasties and then that's kind of it is a hard question to ask you because when you're facing guys like brogan finley and you're facing you know you're facing jacob fat too but you got two guys right there who are part of a wrestling lineage that you get to go one-on-one with
2: yeah mm-hmm. and and you know the opportunity is amazing i've wrestled for uh uh the wild Samoans uh wrestling schools show so i i've gotten to meet you know uh uh the the orig- the two original wild samoans which is awesome nice. um cool. and yeah it's it's a pl- I've been I I can't uh Offa um, I've been to Offa's house many times nice that's so cool. yeah that's
1: <laughs> that's a, that's a privilege got, right there. that's mine it's so
2: it's so weird because you walk into his house and it has what it has so much memorabilia of him and Hulk Hogan and him and Ric Flair just chilling and I'm like Ah.
0: There you go. <laughs> you're like, I know a guy who knows a
1: guy, a guy. right? Like, yeah. you're, you're feeling like a fanboy at that point when you're in his yeah, house. You're, like, you're not even like, 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 oh, my God, I dude, pretty my much my met friend,
2: Ric Flair at Office House. <laughs> he has Gary Albright's boots in his house somewhere. Oh, in that's his, awesome. That's insane. So we'll they just, just got him,
1: like, chilling in, like, a, a
2: spare closet, like, in a box. Dude, he doesn't even care. It's ridiculous, doesn't he? It's like, oh, this is Gary Albright's boots that he wore in the UWFI in 1995. So. Like, what the fuck? Are you serious? And it was like, those are his. That's great. All right. So Rick, yes.
0: yeah, any more questions you want to, you want to jump into SummerSlam here and kind of go over your initial thoughts. Like again, I watched it a couple weeks ago. You just watched it recently. So you want to I, jump I wanna in?
1: say we might, we might as well just jump into it, dive into it now. Cause there's actually the first match. I don't even remember it happening. Honestly, Coco beware. I don't, I don't remember it's, that it's match. Probably, it's it's a, probably a dark, pre-show. Yeah, it's, it's a, a dark, dark match. match. It's a dark yeah. match. Yeah. Um,
2: I had heard about it.
1: Um. Listen for 4.99. Okay. If i paid 4.99 a month on Peacock, I deserve to see that damn dark match. Okay, I don't want to go on YouTube searching, the scouring YouTube's confines to find Coco Beware wins via pin- pinfall, and nobody even saw right, it. Right.
2: Yeah, I don't know no. if you guys guys know, but WWE has like a a website, like a secret website called the WWE Database, and like the network only has, I think, like like not even a quarter of that right now. Yeah. It's oh wow. Insane. Um. But what's oh, the next match since
1: we can't really comment on a dark match uh, that we have never uh, seen? This <laughs> was the so what started off for me. What I saw was a six man tag team match. It had mm-hmm. the British Bulldog, uh, Ricky Steamboat Dragon, the Texas Tornado, his power and glory, and the Warlord. I forgot who went over in that match. Who, who, who went over? Uh, the um, faces, the faces, it, it, the it faces. Ricky and them, yeah.
0: And what, what cracks me up too about that match, um, is like it's kind of a hodgepodge of faces, like yeah, Bulldog, Ricky, the, and then but you know, they had so, so much chemistry. Eric, you know.
1: The faces had so much chemistry because of the guys yeah. in that match. Well,
0: all all fan favorites though, too, like really hardcore fan favorite guys. So I was sharing so them. them.
1: I think yeah. um the the MVP
2: of that match to me was was Texas Tornado. He had a lot of good spots in that, in that match. I don't yeah. think people remember, um, but all dude. Ricky being Ricky is just so fun to watch. He just Ricky Steamboat being Ricky Steamboat. He was
1: kind of just- like the he. Well, like okay. So when you say hot tag, he's gonna be the one who's getting getting his ass beat, and then he's tagging out. So he mm-hmm. was doing a lot of that. Like he was kind of like carrying the momentum, but he was the guy that was like man, because you want to, that was kind of part of his character was like for the fans to get him over was like he was the underdog. So like you to get British Bulldog in to be the hot tag, you know, Ricky was the one that was building that. That basis for for British Bulldog, you know, once he came in, the crowd was like, "Oh my god!" and they're, and they're cheering, you know.
0: Rick, something I, I noticed on the heel side on that match too is like Hercules Hernandez and Paul Roma, and then the Warlord. And so, like, what gets me about it is like Hercules Hernandez. I I watched a lot of stuff from like the late '80s with him, and he's like really jacked WrestleMania three, you know, and he's up against um, gosh, what's that guy's name from Portland, Billy Jack Haynes, right? Billy and so Jack he looks Haynes. really jacked, yeah. And so later on in this SummerSlam 91 he's, he's a little bit older and he's got more of like his hair's longer and I'm I'm staring at him in this match for a while and I'm like who the heck is that I was like he looks so familiar I was like oh it's Hercules it like took me like four or five minutes in to realize who it was and I'm just like oh he just like he just he obviously filled out a little bit and then he had longer hair so it it kind of cracked me up that he looks so much different than than he did previously
1: yeah it's like that Triple H when he like he came back and he was fat. Like it was just like you know. It's like you see two thousand
2: five Triple H, my favorite. My <laughs> oh, favorite yeah, H. It's crazy as he was having his best match. No, even day, more looked-
1: recently too. Like his recent match, you know, like when he did like two thousand thirteen Triple H dude, where he was just like looking like Flair dude, just all blown out. Oh, chubby yeah. in his tights he's whatever into if, he, the same if, tights.
0: If, he's, if he's still got it he still got it i mean it's-
1: that's the thing about wrestling and even looking back at like the old school aspect like i'd like watching uh <laughs> i can't wait to talk about this guy dude but like just seeing some of the bodies in there like you didn't have to be ripped like for vince to like like that's his thing that's his ideal guy they were on top yes but you also have guys that he liked that were like yeah,
0: I, if it if it was about Typhoon, size Oh, I love those dudes, and they found two guys tagged them together that had the same exact body type, and that's such a rare body type, like earthquake and typhoon. It cracks me up that both of those guys look like potatoes, and then you put them <laughs> out there, and it, like John Tenta
2: will kill you. That's my favorite oh, inside oh, joke. Oh, I was Bruce?
0: listening to Bruce Pritchard about John Tenta as well, and he's like, John Tenta looks like he's forty five, but he's like twenty seven in yeah, those he matches. Was
2: like, he was like twenty seven, super, it's okay. super oh,
0: young, but he just looks the like a master. master. Now Rick, you were you were talking about just to move to the next match real quick. Yeah. Um, obviously the Brett versus Mr. Perfect. Like, um well, w- oh it's something I just recently found out about that is in the summer uh 91 at the beginning of the summer, Mr. Perfect gets hurt. Yeah, like he hurts. He was, his he was
2: actually he was actually, I was gonna say that before before you mentioned it, that he was yeah, very, very, very hurt and he was planning on retiring. Um mm. After that match, so in, in Brett's mind, um, that was his retirement match, which is why Brett oh, right, went right. over um, the original plans. Which I found out is is perfect was actually going to go over and retain.
1: Are you talking about when he hurt his sternum on the on the guardrail? I'm pretty sure that's that's what we're talking like about. Like he yeah. flew off the apron into the guardrail, like hit his sternum, and he thought that was it. Like that was
0: the one. Yeah. It- it might've been that and a collection of different collection, things. Too, because, I just know
2: he was, he was yeah. wrestling hurt for a long time is yeah, what yeah. I know. <laughs> and, I remember, and,
0: and I'll tell you what about professionalism. If you watch that match, he like, you have to, you have to meet Brett with his intensity, you know, and physicality. And he did move for like, he he's engaged in that whole match. He's not protecting himself, you know, as you would, if you were really injured like that. And that, that just speaks to his professionalism that he gave Brett everything he had because he knew he needed to go over, you know, w-
2: What's, um, what's pretty impressive um, and what people don't notice when they watch this match is how much uh, perfect is actually bumping for Brett mm-hmm. you watch it and you realize and when you know the backstory you realize that he is probably in excruciating pain because he has not you know he, he is he is not you know rehabbed he hasn't gotten the surgery and he's bumping his ass off for Bret Hart and it was, a, right, it was right. a great it was a great match one of my favorites I always love I always,
0: lo- always love the dynamic of Perfect comes out and his hair's mm-hmm. slicked back right and he, and his outfit is on point point. and then by the time Perfect leaves the ring he's like disheveled his hair's messed up Bret had ripped his singlet you know Oh yeah that's an know, he just looks shot too. Yeah he looks far from perfect by the time it's over dude he looks busted yeah, he looks and, and like up. Yeah. It's yeah. My jar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And, uh, and that that I again just speaks to exactly what you're saying. He gave bread everything he had, you know, and 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 left without his clothes, even, you know, just yeah, <laughs> just to beat him out of his socks. So I mean, it, it, what what more is there to say about that Intercontinental Title match that hasn't been said? So I mean, next next match.
1: Yeah, but I don't even think um, Mr. Perfect. Tap. I think it was like a Montreal screwdriver. I remember, like he put him in the submission, and then that that was it. They called the bell. No, dude, I you saw his that. head.
0: He was like, no, he was, like, head, yes, yes, head yes, was yeah,
1: like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was like <laughs> yeah. Head. I don't. You don't.
0: You don't have to physically tap. You can verbally confirm. Okay, could been like, like awesome, dude. He could have just passed
1: out in his own blood, dude. Yeah.
0: No. Nah. Okay. As soon as he, as soon as he got, as soon as Brett
1: got the sharpshooter locked, it was over. Referring the bell, it was over.
2: So. Um, but what's the so, next match?
1: Okay, so this so ah. this match is gonna be more unfamiliar for you, but we just talked about them, the natural disasters versus the bushwhackers, which had Andre the Giant come out in his and yeah, his yeah. crutches, dude. It was just Andre, which I, I want to mm-hmm. say for this match, watching like Andre the Giant, like I had no idea what was going on. I'm gonna be honest here. Like, I, yeah. I I'm gonna go back and I, I definitely want to pick a point in wrestling to start maybe nineteen eighty-five or eighty-three and kind of work my way up. And I'm just saying I want like a nice natural progression because I want to be able to talk about these kind of old school matches because that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Wrestling for me was more so WCW and then WWF attitude. So it's like I kind of missed these highlights and Chris. So this was a fun thing to do is go back and watch these matches because like I know these guys. But did I really watch these guys? No, I didn't. So when I watched this for the first time, this was new for me. So no context. The Whackers come out, and they're doing their thing, and the crowd's getting into it. They're getting hammered, dude. And it's like the natural disasters come out, and everybody's booing, dude. You got Jimmy Hart out there, which, no, that, yeah, by the way, is, yeah. 95% of the content was like I watched the first hour. It was like all wrestling. And then it's like all these guys that had already done their matches, they would just go back and ask them, like, oh, how you doing now? And it's like everybody singles, like every single character got more screen time in the back after doing their matches. And then it's just like, mm-hmm. this is 90s for you, man. This is this is how they they conducted yeah. things. They do yeah. interviews with the guys that had already had their matches. And like, How'd you feel about that? It's like, well, if Tugbo ever comes out there again with me, like the earthquake and typhoon, dude. Uh, I'm watching these two big guys and then the, the bushwhackers, and then it's like was it they, they? went out there like like Andre had the cane ready to go, but like the, the one thing that confused the most, Legion of Doom comes out, dude, and I was so confused by this. Like these two guys yeah. are badasses; they're coming out there and they're like chasing them off and chasing them into Andre, and then he's like he like lightly hits like Bobby Heenan on the back or whatever. Or uh, yeah,
0: and like well, Rick, they're they're trying to create a tag team division, like they're just trying to keep the camaraderie going as far as like Legion of Doom, and if they if they go over later, become the champions, the Natural Disaster are supposed to be kind of coming up, face them kind of thing. They're just trying to keep that whole concept fresh. And you're just like hers, and then the national disasters, the nasty boys, you know, doom, and and you're and so the context there. If, you, if you're not familiar, what's going on here? I understand what you're saying.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but but sorry, and I said Bobby. He didn't he didn't get involved. I will say though, like watching as far as watching SummerSlam goes. Um, like Bobby Heenan that uh, what I loved about that was that um we didn't talk about it like that Roddy Piper was out there on commentary with uh, Grilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan and Bobby Heenan the whole time was looking like a dick dude. And like Rod- Roddy just kept calling him out and, and all this, and, like, that was the biggest chemistry for me. Like, that, the, the thing I was most tuned into was every time I heard Roddy saying something to Bobby, dude, and, like, like, really was like, okay, knock it off. Like, he was – like, Bobby was getting just, like, beat down the whole time by these two, dude, because he was just, like, saying stuff. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, he was just, like, so out of place, dude. Like, when he went back to Hulk Hogan's locker room, he's got the title belt, and he's trying to, like – Telling, like rick flair you don't know, get the better title or whatever and, like he just slams the door on him and he's all like i love what rod as soon as he came back he's like bobby and he's like what happened there You shut the door on you and, like roddy's just like picking on this guy the whole time. he's just trolling him yeah <laughs> and it For was sure. great dude but <laughs> that was it, it, my interesting my rick
0: rick interesting fact about that andre the giant appearance too i think that's uh, from what I heard, that's it's the last, last North, of, yeah, last North American uh, appearance on really like, w- From I, yeah, yeah,
2: from from him, yeah, it was this last WWF yeah. appearance on the U.S. soil, which is
0: yeah, pretty crazy. And then and then after that, they go on a European tour, which which was really cool because it, it, that European tour that he goes on ends in France, and that was his last like public appearance. So in it, it, at home and all that stuff, as was a really cool uh, cool kind of storybook ending for, as far as that goes for Andre.
1: And unfortunately for him being like, that was the big thing was he showed up in the promo with the Bush Blackers comes out with them. And unfortunately for that natural disaster of a match, they're the ones who had to pick it up with a, with a pinfall, but mm. it leads to all that chaos. And it leads to my two favorite guys coming out of the night was Legion of doom to like, kind of just like break up the chaos of like, yo, we're here. Like, if right. you want to go, uh, what a rush. Right. And then, and then yeah. it moves on to, uh, Virgil and Ted DiBiase for the million dollar championship. Mm-hmm. What a match. What a match. I love this match. I liked this Roddy's like getting behind Virgil the whole time. He's like, Virgil, oh, he, you yeah. gotta Ro- get
0: up. Yeah, dude. Was, Roddy is like Virgil's biggest fan in the if, building. If, we're,
1: if
2: if we look at.
0: Oh, oh, he's if about to make a really solid point, too. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, um, no, I, I, I don't know if I remember this correctly, but. I don't know if this is Virgil's like real first big match or even real first match on TV. It it was his first big match, like
1: his first big, big match.
0: Um, You were were, were saying
1: Robert though? Yeah.
0: You there, Robert? Can you hear us? Oh, I see him. Now I see him. I can't hear him. Or he can't hear us. He'll be so, back.
1: <laughs> it had Sensational Sherry, and he, he's not really missing much with the Virgil match, but uh, mm. he <laughs> he, had, he had Sensational Sherry as the, as the manager, you know, and she's dressed up in this whatever the hell that prom queen outfit was, and I remember like the the like the match itself was like Ted DiBiase using the classic heel tactics and Sensational Sherry, like you know, every time something bad would happen for him, like she would like start screaming, and then like she got involved and she hit like. Virgil with, like, a purse or whatever. I thought it was, like, the title. Oh. Please introduce and your special guest.
2: Oh, this, we is, got this, is, by the this is Milo.
1: Hello. Say hi, Milo. Milo. Who is also a meme, by the way.
2: Yes, he is a very big meme. It's a very rare appearance by Milo himself. Right, keep big going, young.
1: guys.
2: <laughs> right, right. I,
0: I, well, like, the Milo was reacting to Virgil versus Ted DiBiase. You know?
1: like, <laughs> Which, <laughs> hey, honestly, that match wasn't that bad. It, was, it wasn't.
2: It- Keep in mind, that is the peak of Virgil's career. That match that's is it. the peak that's of his fun. career.
1: That's the biggest... That's for, it. it for could. Virgil, that night was a McFoley night for him, okay? So it was actually kind of a cool... Like, I was into the match. I was like, okay, so... Because I knew, like, with Virgil and, like... And I never saw this match before. Before, Like, I'm telling you, like, this is the first time I watched it. So, like, for me, it was like, oh, is this the moment? Because all I knew about Virgil was that he was always following around Ted DiBiase, doing everything for him and getting paid for it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, obviously, the backlash to that is, like... You know, anyway, yeah, so, the
0: implicate the implication, I the understand implication, what you're <laughs> yes, exactly
1: like this man would do anything for cash, and it was it's just in his bio, too. Oh, that's that's terrible <laughs> sellout bio, right there, anyways. So, the biggest thing was sensational. Sherry hits him with, with the purse, which I thought was the belt at first, but it was it was a purse, and, the, and they commentated on it. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh man, this is just that. That was the opportunity that he had for the million dollar championship, lost it because of DQ, and then. They kicked her out, and then they restarted the match, dude. And it, like it was like this big build up until he like, like, Ted DiBiase exposes the turnbuckle and like goes to slam Virgil in it, and then he slams him into it instead, and he and he wins. And I was like, oh my god, he won the belt. And then that's when he walked yeah. out with the belt. Right, and I was right. like, well, and when, and,
0: any any they restart a match like that, you know, like the decision's gonna flip like that. You like you know, the the face is going over, <laughs>
1: or, or or you have something that entirely takes over the entire show for way too long. Uh, which is the jailhouse match, which was Monty basically, spoiler alert, losing to Big Boss Man because uh, he tried mm-hmm. to use his taser and then it backfired on him and he lost. So they get him into this awkward paddy wagon and take him off. And then the rest of the show, literally the rest of the show, is just shots of Monty being dragged way too long to get into a jail cell. And it ends with like a, a shitty joke about how he's going to get like, you know, butt fucked in jail. We're going to another swear in the jar. Yeah, baby. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. So, That's, so the it's the implication I understand, and, yes. and and
1: again it's it's good stuff from a couple
0: of big dudes. I mean, but but it's it, more it was so really just little the that they it got was, tired it was of having so, these gimmicks about the vignettes that they, they do after that, like you're saying. They, they just show him getting taken away, getting processed. He's and getting he's dragged in the cell for like and-
1: 16 minutes like this, dude, and you just see him every time. He's like, please let me go. I'm Canadian. No! <laughs> no! Star- no. Yeah. Dude, and it's just so annoying. I just Every time he popped up, I'm just like, seriously, dude, just get this guy in the damn thing and get it over with. Like, we get it. Right, the big right. thing was getting him to jail. That's what everybody wanted to see. It was a jailhouse match. That's what everybody wanted to see was him in jail. Once he was there, they dragged that thing out and they milked that that t right the whole the, night the, long. the
0: vignettes the vignettes were longer than the match so ne- the next next match Legion to do versus the Nasty Boys
1: which is the one I was waiting for so I will say as a fan point perspective I can see why these guys were over they were nothing like a like a, a classic traditional technician. What was Legion of Doom was they went out there to kick ass like that was mm-hmm. and to me that was the cool thing about watching them is that I was into it as like a, as a fan perspective I could see why these guys were so over in the nineties and like mm-hmm. the eighties like they just went out there and like they were just demolishing and they like when when you watch them in action and, no, and they're they're, doing like they're, the Tower of Doom they was not... <laughs> legendary oh, yeah, ass beaters legendary ass beaters exactly yeah you no know, dude the, the Doom
0: State of yeah yeah I was yeah, gonna I say about Doom that match that's too. What they call it I remember distinctly whenever I'd see Legion of Doom like uh, video packages, that particular Doomsday device um, is in those packages and then winning the tag titles and stuff. And when they won the tag titles there, Rick, interestingly enough, they became the first team to hold the, I believe it was the NWA, AWA, um, and the WWE tag team titles. I think there's one more. I, I can't quite remember off the top of my head um but that it's crazy that the legion of doom for like 10 that's like a culmination of a 10-year run of them just being the biggest tag team in wrestling
1: it was like the original hardy boys when they had all these belts like like of christian the dully boys and the hardys when they had all Mm -hmm. these titles because they had the wcw belts and all that so it's like these guys were like the originators though when it came to like having like gold from different places and being like the first tag team to do it they like that's what made them special
0: so uh, on the next match too, because I mean, Legion of Doom's great. I'm sure we'll get into him again if we go like summer. We didn't even talk about the Nasty Boys. But... We just
1: talked about how the Nasty Boys got beat. Yeah, yeah, I, I, the... I don't. I don't. want to th- talk about. I'm like, not. I don't nasty... want to talk about. Them. I'm gonna just say you gotta but at least most mention of the, time, the name. Like, like, but like, like
0: Brutus the like Brutus the Barber Beefcake and the Nasty Boys. Sometimes
1: I just like equate these dudes. And I why think do I remember like this Hogan. next match being so high up on the card? I thought it was like one of the first matches I watched. Well, they, they,
0: they, they well they uh, they always have to have like a cool down match before the main event before you see Hogan. You so know, you got to se- you got to separate. The, but no, the he stuff,
1: wasn't so. even the main event. We'll get to that. So IRS versus right, right, Greg right. The, the Hammer Valentine, who, by the way, I told you it was the beat loaf of the wrestling industry, but I actually meant he was the Bill Murray.
0: Oh, okay, Bill Murray, got guy who's here's like out say. of shape. And all, like all, all, we, all we all we got to say about the Hammer and IRS is, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine is simultaneously. Should have done his taxes. If he's, I can't figure out if he's fifty or if he's twenty-five. That's that's how I feel about Greg the Hammer. Was it, what did, least, what did they say they,
1: they introduced introduce as the 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 figure 4 versus the W4. That's what they said. Oh
0: yeah, I know. Yeah, Bobby the Brain I think says that. It's <laughs> uh, the W4 yeah. versus the figure 4. That's a, that's, that's, a, that's a great little line. <laughs> that was fantastic. But hey, I mean good match. Uh, a, a couple of good. Uh, was hands, it wasn't really though. I, I mean, saying, like
1: I, I saw the charisma I, in and hammer, but like to me, it was just like I was watching this guy, and I was more confused as to why I was so into a dude who's nothing but something at the same time. Like it was his blonde no, hair. No, t- was you gotta think. On. You gotta think
0: about it. This way. is it Mike Rotunda, right? Is like that guy. IRS is real name. I was going to say and Greg Valentine. Those are just good wrestlers into the story and if it's just a throwaway thing and and if it really was, you know, it didn't seem like there was much story around it. It's still just a couple of guys you can put on a pay-per-view, have a solid match and and that's that. So, um if anything Rick, I know we're, we're running out of time here. We might have to do the Match Made in Hell and then
1: the Match Made in Heaven uh at the beginning of next week. It's possible. I mean, we can we could just basically tell you that the Match Made in Heaven it's Macho Man Ricky Savage's favorite moment of the night. Yeah,
0: right. Because so so and I'm then and again, that, that's what we should do. If uh, I don't know if Robert's going to come back, but we should definitely thank him for coming on the show, answering our questions, and and being a uh, being a a great guest. So
1: I will say, as far as like, so this way you're talking about last week was you talking about because uh, we're talking about Iron Sheik, but he wasn't Iron Sheik in the Smash. He was Colonel Mustafa. That was his... And then you had General Adnan and you had Sergeant Slaughter. Right, so, right, right. And, and they and were it faced was, off it, with Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior in a... In a like, what
0: an interesting thing, too. Like, yeah, two-on-three handicap match. And, and then, like, the added dynamic of... um of sid justice you know like being the special he, guest
1: referee like oh yeah. is he gonna turn on a, like who's which he like way? waiting for you which way is you're like going? at
0: first it's like which way
1: is he gonna lean right which and then the whole ma- the match yeah does he go yeah, the down the road, road down. to the left to the road to the right and it's right, it's right. like that whole thing was like like what oh hogan would bounce off the ropes and then he like bounced into him and like they would stare off and he was like i don't know mm. it. And, no, and, and, the, and they're obviously they're obviously that with Clinton, all the so, too.
0: Planting some seeds, seeds between yeah. Sid and Hogan you because know. that
1: was the thing. It was like that was part of the whole story. Was we got to make it look like Sid didn't do it intentionally, but like there he is, just in the way. So it's like it's like oh snap, something's gonna go down at right, any point right, in time. Right. Even though it was just like really the, again milking the tea, and they didn't do anything other than they won, obviously. And then it's like, but the big thing what? is that match was 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 Colin Mustafa getting in his arsenal, mm-hmm. General Adnan coming in and just doing like that weird weird assault that he did like his like his his same moves and that then, he would do sl- the basic slaughter thing. taking it
0: taking all the real bumps yeah yeah and like
1: and then and like and then would just come in and just like do like like with the meat slapping right over his back with his forearm and like just like clobber him with like axe handles and he was just really generic so it was like that was it, their whole dynamic
0: tidbit about that match too so at wrestlemania of the, like that previous year um warrior was disgruntled because his payoff wasn't as big as hogan's And so what he did is he held Vince out for more money in this match, and he wanted to make sure he had the same – he got paid the same amount of money. And so right after this match, like immediately after his warrior walks through the curtain, they give it – there's a letter from Vince McMahon, and it says something along the lines of, you held out for more money. That was a mistake on your part um and then he suspended him right after this like immediately and so that's an interesting thing about <laughs> so that was warrior goes, uh, from hell. <laughs> yeah dude no it between and it was really warrior versus vince because vince is just like don't do that to me i'm gonna pay you up because vince's whole thing his philosophy is get the match in the ring get the match in the ring get the and so he got the match in the ring but then he was done with warrior after that until until uh I don't know if Warrior comes back after that, or if we don't see him again till like
1: '95, which is which. It, then they had like this big falling out then too. So obviously and that's that a toxic was a whole thing. Yeah, and we'll, we we're going to talk about that. Actually, we will get into that. Eventually, Yeah, we'll definitely get into that. But as far as so, so, that so match that, goes, so here's your, speaking of toxic relationships,
0: and I hate to be this way about it, but then we reached the match made in heaven. So,
1: well, all, all I was going to say is that when Hulk Hogan won, and then like Ultimate Warrior left. Uh, he called out Sid Justice to come take his the shirt pose, off and do the, pose do with the him. And flex off. Yeah. So that was a little weird segment, and even like to this day, it's kind of like a little outdated. But like, yeah, and just do his taunts. But the match Dude's made in heaven, and you could say it's it's toxic, but that's just your opinion, man. And I will say, no, no, I know. I just watched the the A uh, and know, I know. The, 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 the real thing and, that and,
0: and the, real the thing truth is, of it. Was, it is they were on the rocks
1: and they were like in a really bad spot in the relationship, but then they had to be out there. Well, do you pretending see it in her face? You could see it in her face when, she, when like even like when they show the vignettes, like you could just tell. Macho Man's a crazy dude. Like you just, te- you just tell something was not all there, dude. This, the this is the madness. You know, I'm starting to no, think of a little it, words it, saying, hey, it, it,
0: No, and it's still a beautiful moment because even if. You know, the truth behind it is this, that, or what as, have you. As a
1: wrestling fan, you're appreciating it for what it was at the time. But once this all came out and you found out it yeah. wasn't as beautiful as, as it looked, not all – oh, dude, one of my favorite lines from Ultimate Warrior out of this was, uh, what seems to be, it seems to me. <laughs> like that right, right there, right. dude. That line right there sums up this this relationship with them. And it's like as a fan, you're watching them get married. And I the whole time I thought something was going to happen. Again, coming in as a fresh perspective, I saw the Vignettes I'm like, something's going to happen out of this. There's, there's going to be some kind of interference or something like that. It's got to just break up the wedding mm-hmm. and you know No, just- no, uh,
0: it's an age-old th- thing in wrestling that that all contract signings, all weddings, all like they had their All bets be are off affair. baby. All every bets time, are off. Every time. Yeah. Every time. And but, so but I was no, expecting no, they it. saw they saw it through it could, well, and they did do the thing later. You're like, "Oh, the wedding itself." No, they did the thing later at like the reception where Jake the Snake uh like a like a cobra pops out of a box. That's later. Uh, but it doesn't happen like, there, here at the moment so yeah, like, they, so they they gave you like the what you expected and then what you didn't expect you know
1: which is the most uncomfortable look from Miss Liz's eyes when she had to say I do cause, oh, oh uh, I love the thing that was oh yeah that's what she does She's, oh yeah like she was like doing and his oh like, yeah no, the crowd, was,
0: no and, they, and that's the thing the crowd just goes nuts because they, go nuts. they, they, they they're committed They're to this relationship. They're committed to this abusive relationship between Macho Man and the. I hate to
1: laugh about it. I hate to laugh, but that's that's the sad part about it. That's the macho sadness. Yeah. No,
0: even no, not even like you're saying like kayfabe. So kayfabe wise, he, he, even then he was very overbearing, and Art was imitating life. You know, and oh, every but
1: time talked to Miss Liz, and he just like. What are you doing? Don't be talking to Miss Liz without my permission. Yeah, <laughs> like he, even coming yeah, yeah, out in his exactly. character, he was just and like, oh, that's the uh, thing. He push her aside and like I'll focus on the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. Yep, of the world. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah, you're talking about like the WrestleMania three stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah, pushed, Mary Hart's trying Mary Hart's trying to talk to her, and he's just like, no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly.
1: And he was very um, like and, that, and he'd grab her hand and he'd rush off with her and like drag her along, and she's just no, and sit that's, there and what, smile that's so why play it, the it, way.
0: it's. It's the whole reason the mega powers exploded too. It was like, like I love you like of, a
1: What you going to do, brother? When I love you like a brother and I love this listen, but not what you're thinking.
0: No. And, and <laughs> you know what? I I often think when, especially after watching the Macho Man, by bi- uh, di- uh bi- biography thing is I'm just like, you could just tell there's this, this relationship between Macho Man and Hogan. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they're buddies, their friends, and they're on air personas, and all this stuff, and then the NWO together. But you could just tell there was like, they were like frenemies all the time. They like they loved each other. You could tell that they cared about each other, and that's why it mattered. But that's why they were always at but, odds is because he, Macho was always in Hogan's shadow, and the alt, the consummate politician, like uh, that Hogan is. You just know that he's probably constantly using his. His backstage power,
1: you know, to to stay one step ahead of of Macho. So I ca- I kind of really excited though because I do want to talk about this kind of stuff. I think I'm that's the one thing that I do want to do is go back. Um, oh,
0: we can do watch. a whole
1: episode on Hogan and and, and Macho. And macho. So <laughs> and like, that means I got to do if I if I, I got to do that, that means I got to do like a little bit more research from the 80s into the 90s because mm-hmm. that whole thing with the Mega Powers exploding and everything, and even well, into WCW. Rick, watch from wrestle
0: then to get that you'd go from wrestlemania 4 to wrestlemania 5 so wrestlemania 4 is when hogan gets eliminated from this tournament and then macho wins the title and then it's kind of like hogan's um like having or like savage having what hogan wants like the belt and miss elizabeth and and so it builds everything
1: in between WrestleMania four to, to five
0: Yeah, yeah, because then at first they're the mega powers; they're on the same side, and then at Summerslam Mm -hmm. they do
1: a match with it's Andre and DiBiase versus. Well, you get all like their—that's where all like their golden promos come from because it was like because that's the thing. Hogan would feed off Savage, and Savage would feed off like Hogan. Like it was like kind of like that was part of like the relationship of of this feud was like like Macho Man would say one thing, and then Hogan would like try to like one up that thing and like just build off it. But we'll
0: we'll obviously get into into that when uh, yeah. when the time comes speaking of that relationship a, a, as a quick wrap uh that that's eventually what our relationship's going to be like because you have something i want which is that title and you know I'll, I'll let the fans dictate how that goes and whose opinions are better and who who walks away with the belt um but we'll we'll have to conclude that next time that on mean, the wrestling Den podcast
1: so does kenny get disqualified from this match since he's in south carolina and he and he can't be with us right now He's he's not including this, but does that mean Robert Martyr can be? He could if he wanted to be. He'll see he'll stretch you, dude. You better watch out. So if you guys want, please go follow the stretcher RM on Twitter, uh Death the Martyr on was it Instagram? Go go give yes, him a follow. Yeah. Make sure you yeah. follow him. He's actually gonna be flying out and he's gonna be, be doing some wrestling business. So he's he's leaving tomorrow. So please go follow him and keep up to date mm-hmm. with his tour because he's gonna have some exciting matches coming up. Um, his match with and JD Drake, th-
0: and th- definitely thank him for coming on and talking to us for sure. Yes,
1: uh, we definitely appreciate guest. you, Robert. If you're still listening, thank you for coming on. You're always welcome back. So feel free if you ever feel like talking wrestling with us, dude. And you got some time, feel free. We're every Thursday, seven p.m. We're live on Sports Unfolded and Rhode Island Broadcasting. You can go follow us on Google Podcasts, Anchor, and Spotify. You can follow us on at Wrestling Den. TM on Twitter, you can follow sports Unfolded. This is a lot of stuff. Dude. I don't know if they're even gonna follow. It's the first a mouthful, dude. It's a mouthful. A couple mouthful, of dude. mouthful dude. Every every week, I gotta tell you where to go follow us. Just go follow us on the Wrestling Den on find Facebook. Us somewhere. Find <laughs> us somewhere at Wrestling Den TM Sports Unfolded. You get it by now. You you get it. You know where to find us. We're gonna do it every week because that's the thing. Broadcast. Broca- that's where we got Ron. Ron. You got the bars there. Don't make me put a mouthful because it's just going to ruin it. He, he, just take just it away, He's feeding you more
0: rope, dude. He's feeding, feeding you more rope. rope.
1: I want you guys to do me one solid. If you can do me one solid, go follow us, and then you can find everything just at the Wrestling Den. We're going to create a podcast. Let us know who won this week because this was a very very interesting week. Let us know who won, who's going to be your undis- undefeated, undisputed World Heavyweight Champion. I already know it's me, so just go ahead and pick me. And if you don't, don't worry. I, I, I got I to. Gotta, i think in my back pocket for next week. We always appreciate mm-hmm. you guys, the Wrestling Denizen, for tuning in. I'm, I'm Macho Man, Ricky Savage. Yeah, and this is my co-host. Yeah, this is, this is Nick. The
0: number one contender. The number one the
1: contender. The Mega Powers Nick, are imploding yeah. live in front of you right now, and we'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Oh, yeah, Miss Liz. Have a good we'll one. See, we'll see you guys.